0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Movie Change-Up Bad Batch Spoiler Review. The episode uh, today was called Rampage. I think there might be multiple reasons why it was named Rampage. Part of me thinks it might be a reference to another property. Um, Tristan, kind of, what were your thoughts on today's episode?
1: I had a good time with it. I think overall it was probably the weakest episode of the series so far, but that's only because we've had some really like banger episodes so far in the season. It was a good time but ultimately I don't know how much it furthered along the story but that's fine I mean I was nice kind of here's a fun thing for them to do this week and very slightly move them forward along on their plot so yeah I had a good time with it even if it won't be one that I look back on as like oh one of the great episodes of the show probably
0: yeah for sure for sure that's kind of where I am I think it might be this or last week's episode that might be my uh, least favorite but one thing I want to do is if you are watching a video version of this review you might see in the background on Tristan's TV. he's got the episode 1 uh, brought up and that's because after this review uh, on a separate stream we are going to do a uh, Star Wars episode 1 The Phantom Menace drink along where we have four rules and we kind of you know drink as the movie progresses and by the end it might become a total shit show depending on how uh we approached our rules but we'll get into that uh when the stream starts we're gonna basically if you're watching us live we're gonna go basically right from this into that with maybe about a 10 minute break in between we're planning on starting that around eight o'clock but yeah uh i thought this episode was really solid i kind of you know on par with like a typical clone wars or rebels episode like it was towards the lower end of this series but the series has only had five episodes and i still quite enjoyed it uh, Tristan, do you want to do kind of a general moment-by-moment moment breakdown? Did you take notes on this episode? Yeah, I, t-
1: I took some notes in the episode. Uh, we can go through a bit of uh, this, the notes here. But I want to get a, a note before we start about the structure here. We're getting this kind of basic connection to the plot and the early scenes here. That Okay, we got to figure out who hired this bounty hunter. So we're going to go to someone that might know who. And they say, oh, we have this... Uh, thing you got to do for us and then we'll help you after like almost like a Mandalorian kind of structure to it where it's like oh we can do the thing you want us to do for you but you got to do this other thing for us first and then you get this kind of like adventure of the week style thing so I want to get your thoughts is that going to be kind of the structure we see throughout the whole season like oh we got to find who hired this bounty hunter? Let's go to another yeah. connection we have and see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be kind of adventure of the week with a little bit of backstory dropped in. Like I think next up next week's episode we might get a little bit more with crosshair or something like that. And then the episode after we might, you know, get a little bit more on who hired Fennec Shand.
1: Yeah, I like I like that there's these least connections here. It doesn't quite feel like just random Adventure of the Week type thing. Like, Clone Wars had that problem for me sometimes where it's like, oh, we're jumping into this random mm-hmm. thing on the other side of the galaxy, and you got to kind of play catch-up to figure out what's going on. And this feels like you have this through line. Of like, okay, they interacted with Fiddick Sham last week, and now this week they're trying to figure out who hired her. And that's kind of just like the way to make you feel like you're being rewarded and you're mm-hmm. following this plot, even in stories like this that are kind of just standalone, fun, yeah. adventure kind of things.
0: Yeah, to me, like, a lot of times when people talk about like a filler episode of a show to me that's more of an episode that you could have made that season two episode five or season three episode eight and like no one would have noticed but so far with this show like it's had to have been in the order it's come out like uh like we learn a little bit more each episode so if this if you had switched this episode on the last episode people would have noticed people would have been like this doesn't make sense so I yeah think, there's through I think lines we'll... with
1: the characters and stuff like that that bring you between these episodes, like Omega is kind of trying to find a place in the team last week, and now this week she's been giving her own giving her own transponder, and she still has struggles with getting her place among the Bad Batch, but she's still a member of the team. And you, that wouldn't make sense if you'd watch this out of the context of last week's episode.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: And they mentioned this character Sid before we get to her, uh, and they they mentioned that the Jedi had interacted with Sid before, and that and somehow that they. The Jedi is what led the Bad Bats to this place. So clearly the, yeah. the Jedi had either worked with her before or had her as like a person of interest. So how much do you think the Jedi interacted with this character? Is this supposed to imply oh the Jedi had this kind of dark side too? They worked with these kind of darker, seedier kinda of characters too.
0: I mean, part of me, honestly, when they were talking about like, oh, the Jedi had this person, part of me kind of expected either uh, Dexter Jetster from episode 2 or Hondo like when they were kind of being a little secretive of who this character would be so it wasn't I don't think it's like too out of the ordinary or too crazy from anything we've seen before especially in the movies like it, you could take Sid out and replace it with Dexter Jetster and everything still fits and everything still makes sense and if if you don't know who Dexter Jetster is it's the guy who ran the 50's diner in Attack of the Clones that Obi-Wan goes to and he's like Camino Saber Darts that guy Yeah,
1: the guy who has a random American diner in the middle of space. Yeah, in the middle of Coruscant, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it was a good move to not have this be yet another character that crossed over. I think Mm -hmm. we've had a few crossover characters so far, and there was uh, another one towards the end of the episode. But I think it would have been a little bit of an overkill if it was, oh, this is Hondo or oh, this is somebody
0: else. Yeah, I have my theory on some of what's going on in the background of this episode and maybe the last episode.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that towards the end. And they have a couple of theories, even for a later episode. I feel like some of my theories got a little bit of juice here. But let's move forward a bit. We get a task essentially from. So I'll go through this scene really quick with Omega, where they go and they go into this bar where they know Sid is supposed to be, and the Bad Batch is like, "Oh, where is Sid? We gotta find Sid." And of course, the person who is very obviously Sid is like, "Oh, I don't know no. who Sid is. Never, I've never heard of them." And no. Omega is the one of the whole Bad Batch who's able to be like hey, maybe this person's actually Sid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like the Yoda moment. Like, anytime there's a character in Star Wars where they're looking for, you know, they're looking for somebody, and then this weird, kooky person's like, yeah, I don't really know. Never heard of them. Don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. And then, boom, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the guy. And I, I also want to add, Sid is voiced by Rhea Perlman, you know, iconic kind of TV, somewhat film actress, wife of Danny DeVito and so that now puts us at three actors from cheers who have been in star wars and i just wanted to round them out put them all in kristi alley i want to see her as like a off-world bartender you know i want to see you know i just want to see everybody from cheers
1: yeah we've got some room for some bounty hunters and mandalore you know just give us some cool scenes yeah. you know i can see that cross it over we've got plenty of shows not coming up you know 10 shows in star wars coming you can find roles for them yeah but this is also the first time that I... Well, not the first time, but it's one of the many times, honestly, that we've seen Omega have this intuition uh, towards people, and they're obviously leaning into that a lot, and they've repeated it so many times throughout these episodes that I feel like it's definitely an intentional thing, whether it's actually the Force and whether it's supposed to be hinting that she has this Force sensitivity or whether it's just, oh, well Omega is the kind, caring member of the team who's able yeah. to think things through and not just be kind of a brute force...
0: Yeah, I think it could be the Force, and I also have a theory of what else it could potentially be, but we'll get into our theory. You know, we always save our theory predictions for the end of end of the show, and we'll save it for there, but I have I have an idea. I think I'm like 50-50. It's either one or the other. The Force. Is yeah, and I,
1: I'm curious to hear what your theory is, uh, but they get a mission essentially from Sid, where they're going to rescue a, a young kid uh, who he turned out to be. A creature that we might recognize, and they're planning to go rescue him from these slave traders, so we get kind of a nice yeah, go adventure to... set up here. Uh, no, yep, and a nice adventure yeah. set up here. We're going to go into this kind of, like, run out town square and rescue this kid. Nice little action set up. Do you have any thoughts on like, the premise of this moment mm-hmm. here?
0: Um, yeah, it's cu- kind of cool going back to Ord Tal, which was in a uh, arc of the Clone Wars, which I mean, it was a big slave trade uh, planet in that arc of the Clone Wars, so I mean it makes sense to go back there, but one of the things when they're like, Oh, we gotta go rescue Moochie and number one it was a Twilek that sent him that message and I'll give my what I was thinking was happening in the moment. We couldn't really see the Twilek that well and they're like, Oh, I need you to rescue Moochie And my first thought of who that Twilek would be is uh, champs and Dula, and so I thought they were gonna be rescuing a young Hera. And then when yeah. they when they showed like the little green uh character whose species I don't remember, but it's the same species as the Black Sun Syndicate. I'm like, I knew immediately that wasn't Moochie, because in that moment, I still thought they might be rescuing a young Hera, Uh, but clearly that's not the direction they went. But then when, like, that character didn't talk, and there was, like, no connection to that character, and that character you know like if that was who they were supposed to rescue like from storyline wise immediately when they got to her they would have had the conversation and she would have been like oh my god you're here to rescue me blah 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 but when they got next to her and she still didn't say anything I'm like okay that's definitely not who they're here for
1: yeah i thought it was a nice fun setup i i didn't real i knew that this is a connection to the clone wars i wasn't quite sure like how i didn't look up the research of when this was in the clone wars and what season it was or anything yeah, i, I like don't that, either i just prominent
0: I just, when they said Ord Mantell, I recognized the name, and I googled it, and then, yeah, it was. I
1: have to go back and do a rewatch. We're starting our Phantom rewatch, like you mentioned, so I might be doing a whole Clone Wars binge. Yeah. I might catch more of these connections out. I haven't watched that since pretty much it was on TV, so it's been a while. But this is also the first time that the Bad Batch are directly referred to as mercenaries, and you're the one who's been saying this whole time, "Oh, they're going to be mercenaries, they're going to be mercenaries, so you finally got... Your wish granted here. They're yeah. officially hired as mercenaries, and it seems like by the end they're going to be doing this for a few more missions, at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be mercenaries kind of throughout the show. I don't think they're going to be, like, working maybe ever directly for a, a group or ever directly for, like, a guild. I think it's just going to be side missions here and there, but you know, I think that's kind of how the show was pitched, as these characters going off and being mercenaries. I think it, they're going to be kind of like the A-team, where they just go and they do these random things, maybe help people as they see them. You know, I don't think they're ever going to be like full guild members or anything.
1: Yeah, I think it's a nice uh, way to have them be these kind of on the outside of good and bad kind of characters. And mm-hmm. it almost feels to me like what Mandalorian was seeming like it was going to be like, oh, he's going to be Din and and he's going to go on these missions, and he's going to be kind of hired with some questionable people sometimes. Maybe you have to do one or two things that might not be great, but. And maybe he's going to save some kid one mission or do something good in the next mission. And This feels a bit like what I was hoping Mandalorian would yeah. be out of the first season. So I'm looking forward to just them going on these meeting new characters, going to new worlds. So That's what, kind of what I like about these Star Wars series they' get a chance to yeah. see new places, meet new creatures, that kind of stuff. Okay, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, we have a moment where Omega scoping out ahead of them on the team here and And then she's, of course, sent back to the ship. They say, okay, thank you for helping and now go back to the ship where you're safe. So we still have this kind of conflict of Omega wants to be out in the front line doing uh, uh, some action, you know, leading the charge. But she's still being protected by Hunter and still being sent back to the ship. And they have that kind of conflict still going on between what is her role in this team, how prominent is she going to be, and how much of it is she still a kid It's still someone needing to be protected.
0: Yeah, especially because she's going to... I assume she has that same accelerated growth rate as all of the other clones, so I think that could be an interesting dynamic for the show because she, I would imagine, is like 11 or 12 this season. Well, next season she should be like 12 or 14. We get to season 3, she should be like 16, 17 years old. So I think that's an interesting dynamic we could see that other shows really can't do is like time... You know, each season is a year, but she's progressing two years at a time. So,
1: yeah, I would like that a lot. I know in uh, Rebels, it was kind of interesting to see how much Ezra evolved and grew up a bit between each season. Like, they just evolved his look and matured his character a little bit each time. So, if you give us that, accelerated growth, that's an excuse to do that. And so, this animation, you don't got to worry about, like, oh, do we recast? Do we do, like, a. Got to bring in a new actor? You can just have. I I don't think the actress is.
0: Uh, yeah, especially because I don't think the actress is like 11 or 12 I think the actress is like an adult woman so she can voice the character yeah and that's she's... the
1: joy of these animated shows you're not worrying about having to recast a bunch yeah. of
0: characters every time they change yeah. or something like that and one thing uh, I wanted your opinion on uh, I just drew a blank on what it was oh one of the things I wanted to say is we've seen her so much with Hunter and Rucker I'd love for there to be an episode where she's like with Echo and Tech the entire episode because I can't remember a single time where she's like Talk to either of them. And like she has that, you know, father daughter relationship with Hunter and that uncle niece kind of relationship with Record. I'd love for her just to like be on the mission or part of the mission with Echo and Tech. I think that would be interesting just to have them interact at all.
1: Yeah, I would like that too because Echo and Tech aren't necessarily like frontline characters either. They're not just mm-hmm. with their relationship with Omega, but at least in this show, we haven't seen a ton of Echo really and yeah. not much tech either. So it would be nice to just get them kinda of standalone yeah. episodes and a little bit of time to spend with them. Yeah.
0: I did but... that's one
1: thing that I think will be missing with this structure here is if we're still with for following a general through line the whole time you might not have a chance to get these off shoot episodes where it's like, oh, tech and echo go out to this random place yeah. and do their own yeah. thing.
0: But we could still have an episode where they split up and Hunter and Rocker go do one thing and Echo and Tech go do another and for some reason or another uh, Omega finds herself with Echo in tech but one thing I do want to add is I like there was a small moment where Echo puts on his helmet and you can see how it forms around like his back skull piece where the backside like comes down behind it I thought that was kind of cool
1: that is cool yeah Mitch, I like that moment I think we talked about it a lot but the animation has just gotten so great yeah. <laughs> just a little attention to detail those little tiny things like that where you think like okay how would he put his helmet on and then you gotta figure that out like a uh, different show like this is a kid show sure but that's the stuff that makes a difference like they pay attention to that kind of stuff and they have that little bit of creativity where a different show would just be like oh who cares just have him with the helmet on next shot or whatever but this gives you that little moment to make it worth it
0: yeah for sure
1: all right uh so the bad batch they show up they think it's going easy they're like all right easy money let's take this Quest, you know, easy mode quest, get the XP and run away. <laughs> but they yeah. don't. It doesn't go too easy for them. They get ambushed, and they're captured. And once again, Omega is the one that's kind of put in the situation where she's separated from everybody else, who is now at her uh, at her disposal to be saved or, or left.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought you know I, really, I I'm warming on Omega. At first, I thought she was like a little Mary Sue-ish, but especially with my fury, I'm cooking up here uh i'm kind of digging what she is so far and they kind of i would like an episode though where she is actually like put in a corner and she needs help because right now it's more just like she does stuff and it mostly works or i'd at least like to see one episode where she struggles and you know has to have help from the bad batch to come help her out
1: she has a little bit of help but she has a gonk droid uh we i want more predicted maybe that gonk droid is yeah gonky you know, maybe Gonky's going to be a, another prominent character. <laughs> yeah. I'd love I've to always s- kind of had a soft spot for those
0: kind of characters. Yeah, I'd love to see more from Gonky than just being like Rucker's free weights. You know? <laughs> half Anytime Rucker's in the ship, he's just like lifting Gonky and working out with Gonky. Yeah. So I just want to see more from him other than just kind of being heavy.
1: Yeah, release the Gonky cut. You know, we got to get some Gonky-centered episodes. Yeah. At least a few that are just Gonky with no dialogue for the entire episode
0: that's you not me uh I, w- I would like dialogue in my episode i would just like maybe echo t- maybe in that echo and tech centric episode Gonki goes with them
1: i'm down for that that's a nice compromise i think i put a little heart here or a gonky with heart so i wanted to let you know that i was into Gonki on there <laughs> uh-huh. We've hit in a bit of a formulaic wall here, I think, where Omega's always ends up in the spot. You mentioned it a bit, yeah. where she's the one who has to save the day, and she kind of doesn't really have any. Maybe she'll struggle, but she ultimately kind of wins it out. A lot of uh, danger to her, yeah. but I I don't know how long they can repeat that for. I do think we're going to slowly start getting away from it as she's more and more part of the crew. I don't think we're I don't think we're going to get in these moments where she's cast aside, and then has to prove herself, and cast aside, and then has to prove herself. I think eventually she's gonna prove herself but she's gonna be part of the team and that's what yeah. i'm hoping for at least by the end of like the middle of the season that's what i'm hoping to get
0: yeah yeah especially because you have that little moment of her it's kind of her talking about herself but when she makes her doll and she's like oh and like did it up different and it's like oh look she's part of the, she's a bad batcher now it's like she's talking about the doll but she's partially talking about herself as well and she got a weapon which is cool the that bow that i think that, she, that we've seen a lot in the promo material we finally figured out how she got it i thought it was going to be oh. a little bit more interesting and exciting besides she just like picked it up off the ground but <laughs> but i'll take it she's got it now so
1: yeah it's kind of cool it could be that it could be a nice moment if she ends up using that bow prominently through like three four or five seasons of the show that could be like oh this epic character moment we look back and be like oh here's where she finally got that bow <laughs> yeah you know uh now we get to the moment i think i've Waiting for you know, uh, Wrecker fights the Rancor. How what else do you guys set up? You know, the Rancor bursts out, and we get this. I was ready for some kind of like epic batman v Superman fight between the two of them. I
0: I, I like the War of Attrition, I thought it was kind of cool. They just fought until the Rancor and Wrecker just (laughs) couldn't take it anymore, and they both just kind of passed out. I thought that was funny, I enjoyed it, I thought it was different and interesting i'm all about the war of attrition
1: yeah i thought it was really funny when he bursts out i was like oh we're gonna get some really cool like 1v1 battle here and i was ready for that and then it subverted that and it was like oh they're just gonna get to like a stalemate essentially (laughs) they're gonna both get so tired they pass out and i thought that was a really fun subversion of what i thought for sure was coming to to get me there and And if nothing else towers is like subverting expectations you know it's a big part of some of the star wars movies
0: yeah i will say i thought potentially when they were like oh like they have a hierarchy culture and it was about whoever like beats it and i thought there might be like a force connection thing with um omega and that might be how it submits or something like that and then it would kind of be like omega's pet for the rest of the episode but i I do like this different turn of just wrecker and it going toe to -to toe (laughs) until they both fall over
1: Yeah, yeah i thought it was funny I'm I'm really liking Wrecker. I know you're the big Wrecker fan of the podcast, yeah. but he's definitely been growing on me every episode.
0: Yeah. I will say, and I was going to say the title episode, Rampage, I thought with the animals running around fighting each other, part of that might be a reference to the video game franchise. That's what I was thinking too. And I thought, I mean, I don't really know how else it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, obviously the animals are out rampaging around, but usually a lot of these episode titles are like, two or three levels deep and this one it was just kind of like yeah these animals are rampaging around like the video game rampage
1: yeah I thought it was funny and like in Rampage there's that fun element of like you can fight the other characters so it's like maybe the two guys fighting at the end is like oh it's a reference to Rampage like yeah. George fighting I don't know the other characters names <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Macy I don't, I, don't... I don't know I never I, I didn't play it until the movie came out which, to me, is still the best video game movie of all time. But it's a very, very, very low bar. Yeah, I had a lot of time playing that along with
1: my Star Wars Lego games and, like, the Revenge of the Sith fighting game. But Rampage yeah. was definitely among the mix of my of my games on GameCube. I think it had yeah. the GameCube version. Yeah. But a great, really fun action scene at the end subverts the way it ends. But it, then we get another kind of connective tissue here where it shows up Bit Fortuna in... Had this conversation where we realized that this was a job hired for uh, good fortuna and for job of the hut to get this yeah. rancor for them. And yeah. bad batch, whether they knew it or not, just worked for uh, job of the hut.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I have, I mean, we're at the end of the episode, I think it's you know, theory time for the most Sounds part, like it. and I can drop my theory of what I think. So, a lot of people are like, Oh, that's the rancor Luke killed. Well, this Rancor was called Moochie, and I think was a female. The Rancor in Return of the Jedi, according to the Aftermath books, was name was like Patisse or something like that, something not Moochie at all, (laughs) and was a male. And so my theory is Book of Boba Fett, they want Boba Fett to have a Rancor, but Luke already killed one. So this is, I think, the origin story for the Rancor that we are going to see in Book of Boba Fett.
1: I like that theory. Taking it an extra level, because I, when I first watched this scene, I thought, oh wow, they're oh, yeah. really gonna I... try and make it out to be like this character from Return of the Jedi. That's gonna be the dumbest shit. And then they, I was like, I swear that was mentioned in one of the other books. There's like an origin story to this Rancor. And then I did look uh-huh. it up a bit. I, I didn't look up the details of it, but I did look up the name, and I was like, oh yeah, they were mentioned in Aftermath by this name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. either, like they've done before, they just said, okay, no, we're doing our version, (laughs) and they're throwing out whatever they don't like, like they did
0: for the Kanan comic, or they're doing something like you said. They're setting it up so you can have it either way. To me, the thing with the Kanan comic is I can at least understand why they would make those changes because it's like, hey, we're telling our story. You know, like it might conflict a little bit. Like you could see how it might mesh together in here. But with this, there's no... If that's what they wanted to do, but throw it off a little bit, they could come up with like a nickname, right? That you could see how it would come from Patisse, and then you could still make it the same gender, right? Like, they could call it, like, Patty. Like, oh, we need to go rescue this little person, you know, this child named Patty. And, like, fans who read the Aftermath book and who have the entire book memorized would not think, oh, Patty is Patisse, the baby Rancor from Return of the Jedi, until it's revealed. And then you could be like, okay, I could understand why they would call it Patty. Patty could just be a nickname, blah, blah, blah there's no reason to change the name unless you just actively want to make fans angry so i, mean, I, I i'm going unless the canon material that comes out on monday says otherwise i'm gonna say this is not the same rancor and i think this is going to be the setup for the rancor that boba fett has in the book of boba fett when he's running base running out of Jabba's palace
1: I hope you're right. I think for multiple reasons. I think it's a cool setup and to be that thing from Boba Fett. And then uh, I think it also would be interesting because I just don't like having like unnecessarily amounts of connections. Like, yeah. That's such a coincidence. That's not something that yeah. makes sense in the plot. That's like, oh, randomly this random rancor that the Bad Batch ran into is also the one that Luke fought. Like That feels yeah. like some, some like, yeah. fan fanfiction level storytelling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think with Fennec Shand in the last episode, who we know runs into Boba Fett, Bib Fortuna in this episode, who obviously we also know runs into Boba Fett, I think a lot of, at least season one of the Bad Batch, is going to have a lot of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett set up.
1: I'm I'm hoping so. And like, prequelness to it.
0: Where you don't necessarily need to watch the Bad Batch to enjoy Book of Boba Fett. But... You know, Boba Fett like throws someone in his rancor pit in what was Jabba's palace, and he's like, "Oh, feed him to Moochie." We're gonna be like, "Oh shit, that's the same rancor that the Bad Batch rescued." And like, you don't need to know that to enjoy Book of Boba Fett, but it just makes you enjoy it that much more.
1: Yeah, I'd be I'll be a fan of that. I think connected to like that is fun where it's like you don't need to know it, but if you do, you do. And yeah. I think that what's interesting too about this rancor scene, before we move on to something else, is that I think it's light enough that if you just watch the movies and then watch this show you could be like oh cool it's the Rancor from the movie and you, yeah. you're not like missing out on anything you just yeah, I was gonna say you, that, you you get that still where you're, you get to get the tissue without having to do the extra level of research you're like oh look it's Bit Fortuna I know who that is and you're like oh it must be the Rancor that's awesome Yeah. and then little known uh, to you there's all this retconning going on in the background of why that's actually not what it is and this is what it is and that's kind of the fun of Star Wars is the details don't matter but they kind of do (laughs) like they don't matter to the on the surface level but if you really want to you can dig into them
0: yeah like if you're i mean i guess with solo that's not so much but like yeah if you're a movie only person obi-wan killed darth maul in the phantom menace but if you like the more expanded canon then you know obi-wan killed darth maul like on Tatooine, like three years before a new hope yeah, and even if
1: you don't know that you watch solo, and you're like, "Oh, look, ball's alive. That's cool." Yeah. And you, you don't you don't miss out. I mean, you miss out on some great character yeah. work, but yeah, you, you're not lost.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, do you? Ask- that's
1: pretty much the whole episode. I've got yeah. it all. Go- the one last thing we didn't mention is just a little bit of a setup. I think where they're uh, reuniting with Sid the Bad Batch, and yeah. that she says, "Oh, I got a lot more work for you," and she gives him a bunch of credits and set, and they're like, "Oh, we'll think about it. We're not sure about yeah. doing the mercenary work or whatever." is implied, and then. She kind of blackmails them and says, "Oh, you know, the empire is looking for you guys. Uh, you got a high-profile bounty hunter looking for you guys. That I got to keep your secret, and you get this implication that they're going to be working for her, even though they might not uh, want to be."
0: Yeah. And I, and if we want to go into theories, I have my, I, I go back in what I said last week, and I have my theory <laughs> on who hired Fennec Shand. Go for it. I think it's one of two people. I think it's either Cad Bane or I think it's Boba Fett. And I think we will be getting the final showdown between Cad Bane and Boba Fett that was originally set to appear in The Clone Wars, but it got canceled because of the Disney acquisition. And then they just didn't have the time or the episodes to put it into the Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So I think Dave Filoni will switch things around and put that final showdown in The Bad Batch. And I think it's either... Cad Bane hired um, um, Fennec Shand Fennec. and that's going to introduce Cad Bane into this show and then eventually he's going to fight Boba Fett or it was just Boba Fett himself and then maybe Cad Bane will find himself looking for the Bad Batch as well. But yeah, I think it was either I go back on what I said before I think it was either Cad Bane or Boba Fett because I, I, I did say it was the Kaminoans but now they're hyping it up too much for me to be like I think it's the Kaminoans.
1: I think something this episode did interesting is that it checked off a box of who it might be. Because when you think of, like, okay, who hired her? And you have, like, a whole list of people who might do it. Jabba the Hutt's on that list somewhere. And this episode, I think, in my mind, checked off that it probably wasn't him because they would have, like, yeah. she showed up and, and had that scene at the end that wouldn't really line up for it to also yeah. have been Boba Fett that hired Phoenix Shan. So I think it's be interesting if maybe next week we get another, yeah, like, oh, here's suspicious number two when we find out it's not them. But I like the Cad Bane and Boba Fett prediction. If I was Filoni, I'd be tempted to hold that off to the book of Boba Fett, give us a Cad Bane yeah. uh, live-action debut, and then give us that final showdown live-action.
0: Well, I know in Legends, to an extent, like a book came out like while Clone Wars was happening, and then Clone Wars kind of retconned that, is essentially... There was always this kind of known rivalry between Cad Bane and Django Fett of who is the better bounty hunter. So when Django Fett died, Cad Bane trained Boba Fett in all the ways of the bounty hunter because Boba Fett was the closest thing to Django, so he could eventually have a showdown with Boba Fett to uh, figure out who the best bounty hunter was. So I I don't want like old man Cad Bane versus old man <laughs> Boba Fett. I want like peak Cad Bane versus like on the rise Boba Fett.
1: That's a good point. You don't. I don't. I don't know if uh, the old man Boba Fett is technically. Well, we saw some good action from him. Yeah, we of, saw
0: a good fight action from him. But then Cad Bane is that much older. I'd much, even though it'd be an animation, I'd much prefer. I'd much prefer this to happen in Book of Boba Fett, and it's kind of the or not in Book of Boba Fett in, The Bad Batch over Book of Boba Fett.
1: I'm still on the mind that the uh, Body hunter was hired by Palpatine himself, and that he's hunting down Omega as one of his many children of the Force that he's looking for. Either that or there actually is a DNA connection between Palpatine and Omega, which I'm not totally sure on whether Um, or not she's a clone of Palpatine or not. I think that would be a fun, uh, wild kind of Star Wars twist, but I don't know if they're going to go that far. I don't think they want to, like you said, they want people to be able to watch just the movies and not be confused. So I think if you end up explaining too much stuff in these shows... It's just gonna become confusing. You know, when you watch this compared to, Boba Fett compared to Mandalorian, people need to be able to watch just the one thing yeah. and not be confused.
0: Yeah. So is that your final Omega prediction? Because I I have another Omega prediction to throw into the throw throw into the ring. Uh,
1: I guess that's it. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards Palpatine clone. I'll, I'll probably say sixty forty on my mind of whether or not she's a Palpatine clone. Maybe not 100% Palpatine, but maybe like a 50% Palpatine, 50% so, somebody else. I don't know, but I'm I'm thinking Palpatine clone, and that's why she's Force-sensitive. She has some of the Palpatine's Metachlorians in there, you know?
0: Yeah, I say it's potentially Force-sensitive, but I wouldn't say it would be Palpatine's blood. My theory would be, if they were to say someone other than Jango's blood is in there, my theory would be Obi-Wan from Attack of the Clones, as they somehow got his DNA uh, but my theory that I'm going to throw in there, her picking up the bow made me realize something. is She has to be pretty decent with that bow, like really good with that bow. So my prediction that I'm throwing in the ring is that I'm still 50% she's force sensitive. My other 50% saying is they figured out all of the anomalies that made the Bad Batch the Bad Batch of like the DNA, like the genetics that made Hunter a good tracker, the one that made Tech smart, the one that made Wrecker strong, the one that made Crosshair have that and they figured out what all of those are and instead of letting them by happen on accident they figured out a way to make them all happen on purpose and omega has all four of their abilities
1: i like that that's a really cool theory i i think that's very interesting i I like that more than the palpatine clone theory (laughs) if she
0: has that bow and she's shooting it with deadly accuracy from the start that's I'm going to be like 70-30 that that's what Omega is and that it's not that she's Force-sensitive. But then there's that whole thing with Wrecker. That if Wrecker didn't keep having those goddamn headaches that you know are the chip in his head, if he didn't keep having those headaches, I would be like way more on Omega not being Force-sensitive. But I think eventually that Order 66 thing is going to activate in his head and he's going to go after Omega. And it has to be because she's Force-sensitive. But I just think part of me thinks it would be kind of cool if she had all of the Bad Batch's abilities and they were put in her on purpose instead of on accident like they were with the Bad Batch.
1: Hey, Joe, why not do both? I do think Omega in some way or another is an altered clone, and I think whether it's altered to have the Force Sensitivity or whether it's altered to have all these different uh, abilities, and then maybe it's both. Maybe she has all these abilities, plus they gave her some Metachlorian to see what happened. happen, you know, mm. and that could be interesting. Maybe the Metachlorian thing is a Palpatine idea. I I think that Omega is going to tie a lot into that kind of lore and I think uh, both of our theories have a lot of merit. I think yours is more interesting a bit. I think I like mine because I think it might be the direction they go and I would love to see them do some Uh sequel course correcting in this show but I think yours is very interesting and I think I really like the way that it would play into her being connected to all these clones and her being like the the Omega
0: of their experiments. And my thing too with Omega not With Omega. With the Empire not knowing about Omega, it makes it hard for me to believe that it's like Palpatine's DNA and he was partially behind the creation of Omega. If they want to do like some Episode 9 retconning like you were talking about, and she's Force sensitive, I'd much rather have like the Battle of Kamino happen and everything goes down Palpatine and Tarkin and maybe Vader roll up on Kamino and start looking at their files and they could do it in a way that's more visually appealing than three guys staring at a computer (laughs) and they find out about Omega and that Kamino made a genetically engineered clone and that's what starts sparking ideas in Palpatine's head.
1: I do think that's a good idea because I think Palpatine needs to find that clone technology and I think ultimately that's why he's looking for Omega one way or another. He needs... Her to be able to to get his his new clone, and how are they gonna? Because I still couldn't tell you how he's alive in Rise of Skywalker. I know they've, I know they've explained it in the book, but yeah, he, I mean, it didn't forced, make much he, sense he to tra- me.
0: Th- that's if I could change anything with Episode Nine, like I have problems with that movie, and we might talk a little bit about it during our Phantom Menace watch along because you know there are connections throughout. But I would say the number one thing they had to do, if you were going to bring Palpatine back. You have to explain how. You can't have a moment that big and just be like, "Yeah, it happened." Moving on, like, no, <laughs> n- we're not going to move on. You're going to explain what this is because when everyone walks out with like a different idea of how the main villain of the movie came back from the dead in one of the most iconic movie deaths of all time, you can't just be like, "Yeah, it happened." The Force, dark side. Don't worry
1: about it. We'll just quote the prequels and we'll be good. It's
0: like, no, we're gonna. You're gonna explain this. Give us a flashback of what happened. I have, well, I have one
1: final prevailing theory that I'm just made up now for Omega and okay. where she might have gotten her Metaclorians. If it's not Palpatine, we know that sifo was directly involved in the creation of I K- don't the hate Kamino it. cloning. You know, it could be a fun twist. Maybe either he donated his DNA in the beginning intentionally, or there was some way the Kaminoans got his DNA, or. Maybe he was involved in some way in that process. That would be a fascinating twist and a nice ass pull because that's what I love to see them do in the show. Just like, oh, remember that one random line from that one movie? Like, that's important now.
0: Yeah, that one typo of George Lucas had is now the inspiration for, like, (laughs) this whole thing. Yeah, anyone watching that doesn't know, the character of Sifo-Dyas, which was originally going to be Jedi Master Sido-Dyas, which was... Palpatine's like fake Jedi name that he used to get the clones but then George Lucas made a typo and accidentally wrote Sifo-Dyas and he's like yeah let's go all that so anyone that says Star Wars was planned out from the beginning it was not um but yeah but yeah I could see that and I think it would partially they could either through flashback or through explanation partially explain how the whole clone army came to be because they've it, they've explained it but it's super confusing Saiphidias had a premonition through the Force that there was going to be a big galactic style war, and he knew the Jedi didn't have the numbers or the support. So he went to the Jedi Council and said, Hey, we need like an army. Like, let's get a clone army. And the Jedi Council was like, Nah, we don't need it. There's no war. You're, you're talking nonsense. And then Saiphidias goes to the clones, commis- or goes to the Camino, commissions an army, and then he dies not long after. And then Palpatine and dooku hear about this clone army being built and they kind of use that to their advantage and they kind of yeah, helps sp- spark the war but it doesn't really make sense because they know about it and i don't know but they could find a way to help make it make sense because it kind of doesn't
1: yeah i like that this show we've mentioned it before but they could have like a couple lines and and then there's two lines that can fix a whole huge problem in a movie and that and i think it's an art that a follow could his master really well so i'd like to see him take on that yeah. question of how exactly did this clone army come to be, and what was Palpatine's plan with yeah. this clone army, and does that tie into his revival in episode 9? And what exactly is going on here? Yeah, I think <laughs> we'll, we'll see.
0: Just like Catalyst, I think part of the reason, or like a large reason the book Catalyst exists, which is a prequel to Rogue One, explains how the Death Star went from the Separatist hands to the Empire's hands, which technically was the opposite side of the war. I mean, te- I mean, both were run by dark side people, but it still helps explain on the, you know, business background side of thing how it switched hands. So, so
1: yeah. We I talked think it- a bit about the episode, I feel like. We got any last, uh, any oh, last well, theories or comments here, Joe?
0: Uh, before we uh, end the stream and start our Phantom Menace watch-along, which I want to start right at 8 uh, o'clock, I just wanted to do a rundown. I don't know if you were ever much of a Cheers fan, but uh, I've been thinking about this all day, because originally before I, because I, for whatever reason, thought Tristan worked today, and that uh, he didn't, um, wouldn't have time for the Phantom Menace watch along, I was thinking, what will be our topic for the day? Like, what's going to be the thing we talk about after this episode? And this episode really didn't offer anything in much of anything we haven't talked about before and with Rio Pearlman voicing Sid and then we have John Ratzenberger who's in Empire Strikes Back and then Woody Harrelson as Beckett in Solo. It's three Cheers actors and I'm like who would I want to see the other Cheers actors play in Star Wars? Like what kind of character? So I'm gonna just start off with Ted Danson. I want to see him as like the vil- a more villainous type of grief car guy. I want to see him running like his own team of bounty hunters but he's a lot more malicious he's a lot more evil he doesn't care about civilians like if you're <laughs> in his way you're gonna die he doesn't care I love to see Ted
1: Denson I'd love to see Ted Danson as like a Tarkin type where he's like yeah. the ruthless like political yeah. leader that would be pretty fun side yeah. by side with like a Darth Vader or Kylo Ren he's like mm-hmm. this intense figure yeah. I'd love to see him play a villain role like that
0: yeah like a, a Dooku type like an old republic Dooku type I think could be cool too Hmm. uh another the other one is george went who everyone knows as norm i can't not see him as norm so i'd love for him just to be like <laughs> some drunk guy at the end of a bar but he can be like an alien you know he could be like a gamorian guard but like a drunk gamorian guard at the end of a bar that's what i want
1: yeah or maybe have him be like a bartender in a, in a cantina somewhere you know or like a passed out of the corner of the massaza cantina one yeah. of those
0: kind of guys yeah and for Kelsey Grammer who played Frazier, I-, I see him as like an imperial like that's what I want <laughs> he's just like this he's he's not like overtly evil like Tarkin but he's more just like this is the side I support this is who I I think the Empire knows what they're doing and I think the Empire is the winning side so that's the side I'm on kind of imperial I almost like, of an Calus, like an agent callous like an agent callous type before he turned yeah. to the light side or the good
1: interesting yeah like a tywood lannister he's like yeah. i'm only gonna put my flag down when i know who's yeah. winning
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and then Kirsty alley i just see her as like a bartender like a nighttime bartender like you there and you got problems that's who you talk to
1: i like that talk to Kirstie. maybe like a sid type she's, she's yeah i would see her as like a sid type exactly not not as problematic as sid maybe but like you know she knows the people she got the connections she might be a little shady sometimes on the on the nights you know but if you need something done she's the person you go to
0: and then uh we got two more i was gonna say shelly long who uh, we just talked about in our movie change up podcast because she played olive oil and popeye but for shelly long i think i see her as like a female c-3po like i want her to play like a same type of droid C 3 c-3po but just the female version of it this super high strung loud kind of annoying droid that you hope just goes away <laughs>
1: I would, I would see her... What was the character's Haldo from The Last Jedi? Something oh, like Admiral Haldo, yeah. Yeah, I could see her as like is like that, like the yeah. kind of prickly uh, military commander, but heart-in-the-right-place kind of character. Yeah. That could
0: be fun. And then finally, uh, uh, Nick Calisanto as coach. I just want him to be like a Jedi that you're like, you are the dumbest person I've ever met. Like, how are you a Jedi? Like, he's th- he's like... I see him as like... 70 years old and still a paddle <laughs> like that's what i want
1: yeah he's just been doing it you know they're like hey are we gonna become a master and he's like nah man i'm just <laughs> yeah, hanging he's, out you he's know? on
0: his third master because they've all <laughs> the previous three have just died of old age yeah they just given up and i see like <laughs> a sitcom type type of thing so that's what i want i want Nicholas he's passed along they're like I, god
1: one day he's gonna graduate yeah. he's like a Billy, what's it, Billy Madison or something? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he has to go back, but he's just still there. He's just still a Padawan, but everyone likes him too much to, like, kick him out. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so, yeah, that kind of ends our discussion on this episode of The Bad Batch. Come back next week, Friday, where we will be talking about The Bad Batch, and maybe we'll talk about Superman and Lois instead, because uh, Tristan's just getting into it. I've been watching it since it started. I'm liking it pretty good. What episode? I, are you on? I just got the I'm best for the second episode. Okay. I'm
1: pretty into it. I, I watched the when the pilot was on I watched like ten minutes and I was like, okay, no, I'm not I'm not really into this right now. And I came back to it after you were going on about it and I'm I'm liking it a lot, so I'm into watching yeah. at least what's on and not right now for the first season.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a different take on Superman. I mean, it's the similar Superman we've seen in the comics and stuff, but it's a different like time frame in his life that we've never really explored, so If you're a Superman fan, I suggest checking it out. But, yeah, that's the end of our Bad Batch. Come check us out next Friday and stick around. Uh, We'll be on in about 15 minutes to watch uh, The Phantom Menace. And if you're watching this on playback or on YouTube or on podcast form, then go find our Phantom Menace watch-along slash drink-along. We'll be having a few beers and laughing at the badness of this movie. So (laughs) Wish us luck. Have a nice night.
1: See you.